0: All right. Praise God. Amen. 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 Um, I felt that, like that was like a relay race with Sorry. all the leaders passing the baton for prayer. It was really cool tonight. You guys enjoy that? Yeah. yeah. That was nice. Okay. <laughs> right. God is good. Amen. amen. How do you guys know that God is doing something so special right now? Yeah. If you guys believe that, say amen. Man. Man. You know, we're talking about the Niagara Conference, the ET1 Church Plan. We got Emmaus. I mean, God is doing something really amazing right now. We are in the midst of that. And it is exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It's exciting. This is an exciting time. So let's just continue to fix our eyes on God right now and just rejoice in what He's doing. I like that, John. So why don't we give a clap offering to God? Let's, let's, let's So no matter what we're going through, there's always a reason to rejoice. Amen? Man. No matter what you're facing right now, there's always a reason to rejoice. That's right. Because God is so good. Woo. And he is so faithful. Yes. So if you guys have been going through some tough times, why don't you just take this time and put a big smile on your face? Because God is good. Can I see some? Well, thank you. That's lovely. That's lovely. Why don't you guys turn with me to James uh, chapter 1? Uh, we're looking at verses 2 and 4. This, used, this was my uh, 2009, was it 2009 or 2008, my year verse. Oh, it was 2008. Now, I'm going to be reading from the ESV, so let's read it together on the count of three. One, One, two, three. Okay, let's try that again. All right, read it together. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Okay. Okay, one, two, three. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials at various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And unless steadfastness its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me read the, the message version. It's a paraphrase, but I like it too. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it, let it do its work so that you may become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Amen? Amen. My message tonight is called Under Pressure. Under pressure under pressure. Okay. <laughs> under pressure. Let me ask you guys a simple question. How many of you guys enjoy being under pressure? Okay, Brian, that's great. <laughs> I want you to actually think back that's on the time where you great. feel like you were just overwhelmed with immense pressure. Just close your eyes. I'm sure you have a memory somewhere deep in there. Think back on a time where you were overwhelmed with just so much pressure hmm how did you respond all right that's great <laughs> how did you respond you guys can keep your, your eyes open did you respond with faith did you rise up to the occasion or did you respond in fear and anxiety and, and a hopelessness how did you respond in that in that time in that circumstance
1: Maybe it was a situation
0: in your work or in your school or maybe it had to do with your family. But you, I'm sure all of us in this room, has experienced some form of pressure, feeling the pressure. <coughs> were you guys excited about it? <laughs> were you guys laughing about it, with joy about it? Or were you guys really stressed out during that time?
1: You know, when I think of
0: pressure, I think of one show. And it's my, one of my favorite shows. It's called Project One Way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, hear me out, hear me yeah, out. And so Project show. One that's Way, funny. if you guys don't know, it's a reality show. Yeah. Okay, I'm proud. And uh, it's all these fashion designers, all these cons- contestants that are chosen to come on the show. And they basically compete for the top spot. And they have to endure, like, all these crazy tasks and uh, under these insane time constraints, and they have a lot of pressure on them. Just each week, there's something new that they have to go through. As well as each week, there's one contestant that's kicked out, that's either in or out. And you know, each episode, the pressure either makes somebody or breaks somebody. There's always a breakdown in like every episode. That's why I love it. And some designer is going off, crying or, or going nuts or accusing people. There's like scissor stealing, you know? What? Like, you know, to my friend, and all this drama It goes on Project Runway. It's so exciting. I don't know. Woo! You know, there's like family picture defacing. I don't know if you guys ever watched that episode. It's pretty crazy. Um, crying, screaming, I mean, you name it, it happens. Because when pressure hits, people tend to react, right? And a lot of people crack under pressure. They just break. They find themselves breaking. And you know what? While I have a lot of fun watching people have their nervous breakdown, that's not my favorite part. You see, my, my actual, actually, my favorite part of the show is watching people rise up to the task. I love when they give something so impossible in a time frame that everybody's like, I can't do this. And then somebody goes and they produce something so beautiful. You know? Like when they get this this task to make an amazing cocktail dress out of something you find in the grocery aisle. And you're thinking, what are they going to make? And then they come out with this fabulous dress made of cupcake wrappers. You guys ever watch that episode? Michael Nightman, he's amazing. I mean, it's incredible. And then there's other contestants that go and they make like ridiculous outfits, but there's always that one person that really takes that pressure and it causes them to go above and beyond they ever even imagined. You know, they start off the episode always saying like, I don't know, I'm going to do this, this is crazy. And then they produce something that's incredible. That's what I love about that show. And when I see someone going above and beyond, there's something in my spirit, and even though it's a a reality show, seriously, I watch it, and there's something in my spirit that gets stirred. Man, there's something right about that. There's something right about responding to pressure by overcoming and excelling. There's something right about that picture. You know, if you were to ask each contestant why they put up with these tasks, why they put up with these time constraints, why they put up with these barely possible assignments, they would all answer the same way. You see, they want the prize.
1: They don't go on the show
0: for no reason. There is a prize. They're going to put up with whatever it has to take, no matter how hard it is, for that $100,000 that goes to the winner. And the last four contestants that get this impossible opportunity to go to Bryant Park and show a fashion show during fashion week. Like, that's an opportunity that they can never conjure up for themselves. There's no way that they can open up that kind of door. But they're going to work their butt off in this show to make sure that they're going to get there. And even when they feel like they're breaking down and they feel like they want to get up, you know what they think about? They think about the price. And they think, you know what, I want to give up, but I'm not going to because that $100,000 is worth too much for me to give up now. Do you guys know that we have a prize too? There's a prize that is offered to us as well. Amen. Amen. There's a crown of glory that awaits for those that do persevere and that excel. Amen. Amen. But there's not only that crown of glory, but there's a fulfillment of promises that God gives us when we are endured, when we endure, when we overcome. And there's that prize that awaits us in heaven, but I believe that there's a series of prizes that waits for us here on earth to enjoy. We don't have to wait till we die and go to heaven. We don't have to wait till Jesus comes back to, to feel and experience God's goodness for our endurance. Those prizes are available and they're there and they're waiting for us to claim it. There are opportunities that we can never make for ourselves, that we can never conjure up. A hundred thousand dollars is not something that we can, you know, take out of our pocket. But you know what? There's promises even greater than that for us. That's what we need to fix our eyes on when it's time to endure. Because I guarantee that as believers, we're going to feel some pressure sometimes. You guys know what I'm talking about? Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, 14 says, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, Paul, he understood the concept of Fixing your eyes on the prize. That's what he thought of when he was suffering. And when he was under pressure, he had the pressure of the church on his shoulders. And you know what his eyes was fixed on the prize that God had in store for him. I think we have to take something from that, don't we? You know, when I think of pressure, not only do I think about Project One Way, but I think about my sorority. That's right, I was in a sorority, a chartered one my freshman year of college. And for one semester, I had to endure sufferings that you will never find out about with 17 other girls. I had 17 pledge sisters. That's 18 girls worth of drama in one semester. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable. We drove three and a half hours to school to get pledged, to get dogged on, to get pressure like no other on top of our shoulders in time constraints that felt like it was unending. You know, we go on mission trips and we're like, it's so hard, but honestly it's nothing compared to what I had to go through. It's nothing compared to what I had to go through for pleasure. I am so serious. I wanted to kill these girls, I wanted to pull their hair out, and I also wanted to hug them. It was a very really confusing time. I mean, the things that they had us do, the things they had us do was, I don't even want to talk about it. Some of them, not at a But suffering together, there was something about it. It did something to us. See, we were 18 girls that wouldn't normally hang out with each other. The 18 girls that came together and were like, "Uh, I don't know about you, I would probably not be your friend if it wasn't for this. But we came out of suffering however many weeks together, and man, there was an intimacy that was created. Why? Because we suffered together. Because we went through it together. You know, when we suffer, Jesus is with us. Amen. Amen? He doesn't throw us in the fire and leave us alone, but Jesus is with us in the fire. And there is a fellowship, and intimacy that's created during that time that we can never understand until we go through. it. See, I didn't really know those girls, but trust me, I got to know them pretty well during that time. Just like you go on mission trips here. And you have to shower with some sisters with some cold water. And then you get to know them pretty well. <laughs> you have intimate conversations with them in the bathroom door. I mean, you you come together and you listen to pigs being killed by their blood being... I don't know what little he's he went to but listen. I'm sure whatever struggle you had to endure, it drew your team together. You probably woke up the rest of that morning and you felt more connected with your team than you ever did before. Why? Because something happens... When you're under pressure, there is an intimacy that gets stirred up in that time.
1: It's not one that just happens within the body
0: of the church, but it's one that happens with your relationship with Jesus. He's not putting you there to to hurt you. He's putting you there to draw you closer to. Because when you understand that he's there with you, something happens. Something happens. A trust gets formed. All of a sudden, you couldn't trust him about this area of your life, but when he is beside you, and he pulls you through, you trust him. Yeah, you know what? When it comes to my family, I trust God. There's an intimacy that gets created. You know, just like in the book of Daniel, when we read about Shadrach and Meshach and, and Abednego, I mean, my husband. i now seen these names for me like 10 times, but I still can't say it. Those three people, right? You all know what I'm talking about? Listen. they, They stood the test of faith. And they made the right decision. And you know what happened to them? For making the right decision, they got thrown in the fire. For some of us, that doesn't make sense. Wait a second, I thought I did the right thing. I thought I responded the right way. What am I doing in this fire? What am I doing here? But they were placed in the fire and something miraculous happened. All of a sudden... The king realized that he that these three men were not alone. And three became four. You see, some of us we get thrown in the fire and we're like, what the heck, God? I thought I was too, I, I've been going to Friday fire. I've been, I've been going to the furnace. I've been praying. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing in this fire? But God is just speaking to us. You don't understand what's going on. I'm here with you. There's something that I'm doing to your heart right now as you're in this fire. There's a refining that's going on. There's something that I want you to gain that you would never gain unless you come through this. Jesus was in there with them. And they walked out of that fire, not even smelling smoke. With the with tie that was around their hands, the cords that were tied around their, their hands, completely gone. They walked in with bondage. They walked out completely freed. That's what the fire does. That's what it's like when you're under pressure. And the thing about pressure is we're constantly thinking, man, I gotta survive this. When you feel the pressure, it's like, oh I must just survive during this time. And it just begins to it begins to cloud our, our our perspective on stuff. And it just begins like, Oh man, I just gotta get through this. See, the fire, the pressure is not designed for us to survive. The pressure is designed for us to break limitations. That's what the pressure is for. Just like Project Oneway, when they had these contestants that, that would never have thought they could ever do these designs, all of a sudden, they go above and beyond. Why? Because the pressure created that. It breaks limitations. It doesn't. It's not designed to break you. It's designed to break what holds you back. That's what the pressure is for. And we often, we see it as negative or something to steer away from or a sign that we did something wrong. We feel the pressure and we're like, oh man, what did I do wrong? How did I get here? Listen, brothers and sisters, my message for you tonight is as believers, we need to renew our minds. We need to learn how to embrace pressure. We need to believe that the trials and the testings we go through isn't designed to destroy us, but to elevate us. We cry out to God, man, Lord, I need breakthrough. I want to go through new levels. I want to go deeper. I want to go higher. And then he sends a trial our way. And we're like, what's going on, God? I don't get it. How come you're not listening to my prayer? Why? 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 And we sit there and we complain. God's like, come on. I just set it up. I just set it up for you. I'm answering your prayer. See, instead of seeing it as an opportunity to rise up or a vehicle of transportation, we see it as a setback. We see it as like another mountain we gotta climb. Here we go, another mountain I gotta get over. You know what, let's renew our minds about this. Let's look at trials and and testings as elevators. That when we walk in and when we respond in faith, we push a high button and bing, we find ourselves going higher. It is a vehicle a breakthrough. That's what trials and testing is. It is not a vehicle for breakdown. It is a vehicle for breakthrough. Amen. We need to change our attitudes if we want to live victorious lives. You know, we're a church that's learning to stand on the promises of God. And we're learning how to claim those promises. But I I also believe that God is calling us to understand that some. Some promises aren't just meant to be claimed. They're meant to be birthed. It's not just something you stand about. It's something you've got to push through. I don't know if you guys know this, but from what I heard, labor is pretty hard work. It's pretty painful. There's pressure that's involved. And brothers, I know you all don't want to hear this, but you guys should pay attention because when your wife is throwing your wedding picture at you during that time, you're going to understand why. Because it is painful giving labor. Amen? Amen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. But you know what? The thing about birthing a promise is we can't shortcut. We can't shortcut the birthing process. We can't just skip and go over and all of a sudden go from eight months to have a baby in our arms. You see, there's no fast-forwarding. we got to get through it. You know, when I was in uh, eighth grade, we watched this movie called Miracle of Life. Oh <laughs> yeah. hi. Who watched that movie? Okay, yeah, that was like insane. I, I left the classroom like needing inner healing. Like it was really traumatizing. You know, and you watch those movies where or like TV shows where like ladies give, the woman's giving birth and the man, the husband is there and he's like Trying to soothe her, like, breathe, honey. She's like, shut up. <laughs> like, insane superpower, or like, oh, this is your fault, or, it's really scary. <laughs> no, that, scary. You know, I always thought that during that time, that part of labor was when the woman was pushing. Uh, but what I learned, because I did my research for this message, <laughs> so, scary. Um, what I learned was it's actually not the pushing part of the labor that's the most intense or painful. See, there's stages that women have to go through. All right, fellas, pay attention to this now, all right? There's stages that a woman must go through in order to be ready to birth the baby. See, the cervix, mm, I'm going to say it, the cervix needs to go from zero centimeters to ten. Okay, that's a lot of stretching. (laughs) That's what's happening when these ladies are contracting, okay? It's the stretching. And you know what? That's going to be painful. Okay, that's going to be a lot of pain. I don't point to this, all right? Now, there's a period during the labor called the transition stage. And basically, that's when the cervix is already seven to eight centimeters dilated. And it's only two centimeters left. But they say that these last two centimeters is the most difficult. It is the most intense, the most painful than even the pushing process. This is the time where women want to give up right here, and they're screaming epidural. It's that time. <laughs> and so I'm gonna read quote from this website about okay this this website by the way is all about like birthing babies naturally. So like they're against epidurals, and I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, um, so anyway, this is what the what the thing says. Okay about the transition stage. It's here where focus falters. This is the stage where you may doubt your ability to give birth, and you feel like you need medication. (laughs) It's where you feel worried about how far you have left to go and how much more intense it will become. I know we don't have experiences about giving birth in this room, but I'm pretty sure that we have experiences about birthing a promise or holding on to something in faith. And it's this period right here that some of us know so well, thats like so hard. It's this time where focus begins to shake. Where all of a sudden you're just like, man, I know it's hard and I know it's going to end, but how much longer do I have to endure? And do I have what it takes? You guys and myself included, we haven't birthed babies yet, some of us won't, but I mean, have you guys ever felt that way before? Where you weren't sure if you can go on or if you could endure. You know, this time, they say, is the most vulnerable. Where the woman is most vulnerable and most susceptible to compromise. That even though she said all nine months that she wasn't gonna get an epidural, when this stage happens, that goes all out the window. This is the time of testing. That's what this this website of Birthing Natural says. (laughs) That this is the hardest point. But if you get over this stage, man, the pushing part is gonna be a breeze. You just need to get through this. Let me tell you some of the symptoms, okay? And I selected ones that are applicable, so I'm not going to name all of them. But one of them is time distortion. where you think it's like five hours have passed by and it's really been five minutes because you're in so much pain. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know, when I went to um, India, this past mission trip, we had a layover in Pattaya. And I got really, really sick on the way back. I mean, I just had the chills, and literally, I could not stop shaking. I was like this, and uh, Danny thought I was manifesting, so he was praying for me. He's like, "Oh, Holy Spirit!" No, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, so cold, and it's like so hot there. And so, the deacon that was there, that was kind of housing us in our time at Pattaya, he told me, "You know what? We got to get you to the hospital. Um, we got to get you on a drip, like an IV." And so we went, and the doctor said that I had some sort of flu. Uh, but later talking to some of my, uh, you know, team members, I think I had some food poisoning or whatever, or worms or whatever, I don't even know what it was, but it was painful. Um, and they, they put me on this drip, and they said, it's going to take three hours. You got to lay here for three hours. And I was in so much pain. It, it wasn't just from shaking, like, you know when you have like, your body aches? Like when you touch your body, your body's just aching? It was like that times 10. It, I wasn't... It just hurt a lot. And uh, my lovely teammates went out and they got um, massages. And um, <laughs> yeah, went, went out to get their Thai massages. <laughs> and uh, I got left in in the hospital. And
1: uh, I was there in the
0: hospital. I was lying down. And you know what? I was praying to God that I could just go to sleep. Like, you know what? Three hours won't be that bad if I just sleep. So, I try my best to get comfortable, but it was so hard. Every way I like, you know, i here and I'm and not comfortable here, not comfortable. I put the blanket, I was cold, I was hot. I was so uncomfortable. But finally, i fall asleep and I'd wake up so groggy and I'm like, oh man, how much time passed by? And I felt like, okay, it's gotta be like an hour. And literally, it would have been like 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, man, the time is going so slow. It was going so slow. It was like the longest three hours of my life. You see, that's what happens when you're experiencing a lot of pain, when you're under a lot of pressure. You get a time distortion. There's like a reality that gets messed up in your mind because you're suffering so much. You know, your bad week feels like a bad year. You know what I'm talking about? Your bad day seems like it's been a bad six months. There's also intense pressure, not just pressure to, you know, you got to give this baby, but like physical pressure that's going on. A loss of modesty, like the the calmest little lady is going to start, she don't care. (laughs) At that point, she's going to start screaming and kicking and doing whatever she needs to do to try to relieve some of her pain. A loss of determination. A point. Where, man, this is, I just want to give up. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. That's what so many women say during this stage. I can't do this. I can't do this. Irritability. Everything annoys you. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) A need for emotional support. Feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. Self-doubt. Disorientation. Inability to find comfort unable to talk. These are just some of the symptoms of this transition stage. When you're at the peak moment, the peak moment, man, you can feel all these things. How many can you relate? How many of you can relate to these symptoms? You know, we go through things like this and we feel like, man, we're taking backward steps. I don't understand. I was on fire last month. Why am I struggling so much? How come I'm, how come I'm feeling like I can't do this anymore? What happened? I thought I was gonna take over a Mays campus and now I'm, I'm feeling like I can't even lead a prayer topic. I feel like I'm going backwards. I'm flying backwards. And you may feel like something went wrong. Did I do something wrong? God, are you, how come you're not answering me? Are you distant from me? But it's at that moment we need to assess accurately what's going on. You know, this labor website, their advice for what to do during this transition stage, one of their things was saying, um, actively recognize that you're in transition and know it will soon be over. These aren't signs that you're falling apart, brothers and sisters. These are signs that your promise is coming these are signs that your promise is coming. You are not taking backward steps. You are moving forward, brothers and sisters. It's painful when God stretches us, isn't it? And we say, man, God, you stretch us so we can enlarge our capacity to receive. But I'm not talking about that tonight. I'm talking about a stretching to enlarge our capacity to release. There are promises that God wants to release through you.
1: There is revival
0: that God wants to release through you. There is a kingdom of heaven that God wants to release through you. But guess what? Before that happens, we're going to have to go through some stretching. We're going to have to hit that point where it does get really hard. Where we do hit self-doubt. Where we do wonder whether or not we can go through this. But when that happens, brothers and sisters, we are not taking backward steps. We are closer than we think. We're to know how to endure some pressure. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But how do we endure? How at this vulnerable state, how is it that we don't compromise ourselves? Because that is such a temptation. To hit this wall and all of a sudden just be like, you know what? Because this is way too uncomfortable. How do we stay? How do we push through? Well, if you look at James 1, it says, rejoice. Count it all as joy. That's your secret. Rejoice. And let steadfastness have its full effect. You know what it says in the message? Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. You know what God is saying? Don't give up. Rejoice and don't give up. If you feel like you're hitting that wall and you don't know how you're going to get through what you're going through, remember those two things. I better stand here and rejoice because God is fulfilling my promise. And two, man, I better not give up because it's coming soon. That's what we need to do. Those are the two steps that God is calling us to at that moment. That is how we serve on you know, not only is the woman going to focus on that, but she's also going to focus on the promise. She's probably thinking, you know what, this hurts like crazy, but there's a baby that I want to see. I mean, this kills, but I've been carrying this baby too long, and it's time that this baby is in my arms. I, I, it's been heavy, it's been stressful, you know what, baby, I want to see your face. That's probably, a glimpse of that is going to come through her mind, and that's going to help her to persevere. That's the same thing for us. We gotta fix our eyes on the prize. We gotta remember the promise that God has given to us. The promise that we want to hold in our arms and not carry anymore. But the promise we want to see face to face. That's what we gotta remember. Amen. We focus on the promise. And you know what? We got a we bunch of good promises to focus on. Amen. Man. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And they and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And we got promises to bring. And it's not just one that we have as an individual, but New Philly as a body. There are promises. That God is calling us not to claim, but to birth. There is a revival culture that doesn't belong to us. That's stirring up in this church. There is something that God is doing. A movement that God is setting into motion that does not belong to us. But God is calling us to release it. And he's putting us through the fire. He's going to test our faith. And he's going to see what we can endure. And he's going to believe that we're going to push it through. We need to learn how to handle the pressure. To know that this is our vehicle to rise up. This is our promotion. This is our breakthrough. Like Joseph, what seems like a series of backward steps is actually a setup for a sudden fulfillment of God's promise. It looked like Joseph was going backwards. Doesn't it feel like that? He went from being dumped in a, in a ditch, all of a sudden going to be someone's slave, but then getting accused by the wifey, then getting into prison. I mean, Joseph, it looked like he was going backwards. But you know what? In the spiritual sense, he was not. He was going up. He was being raised up. That's what was going on. And we get so fixed on what's happening in the natural. And we, we, we feel like we're going backwards. But listen, you're not. God is getting ready to promote you. God is getting ready to release a promise through you. God is getting ready to release revival through you. You know, Jesus is no stranger to pressure. The day before, the night before him getting crucified, he found himself so overwhelmed with pressure in the garden of enemy, Completely overwhelmed. So overwhelmed that it says in the word that his soul was sorrowful even to death. He knows what it's like to have some pressure on your back. It's your job to save the world, son. That's a lot of pressure. And he found himself hanging practically naked on the cross, completely exposed and vulnerable. But it was at that moment, where all the disciples thought that everything fell apart, that we finally see that it was all a up. Because what happened next was the fulfillment of the greatest promise ever. Known to mankind. Amen? Amen. That was the greatest promise fulfilled. Prophesied over thousands of years in advance. It was at that moment, but right before it, guess what? Jesus had to go through some stuff. He felt the pressure. He felt the vulnerability. He felt the weight on his shoulders. But not any time, not soon after. But soon after, Jesus found himself fulfilling that great promise. And it's that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that's in us. That same spirit that calls Jesus to fulfill and birth the greatest promise of mankind, that spirit is in you and I. And so when we begin to face the pressure, and when we begin to get under the weight of certain things, when we begin to doubt ourselves, when we begin to hit the testing of our faith, when we hit trials, brothers and sisters, let's remember... That our our promise is right there.
1: That we are so
0: close. We are closer than we think. That at that moment, it's not time to give up, but it's time to push. It's not time to walk away, but it's time to push. It's not time to get walled in self-pity, but it's time to push. Are you feeling bad about yourself? some advice. Push. Push through. Rejoice and never give up and push through because tomorrow the promise is yours. Amen. Amen. Let's change our attitudes about triumphs. Let's change our attitudes about getting under pressure. Let's take joy in all circumstances because God is creating in us a person that doesn't like anything. Amen. All our hands in prayer. Father God, we just thank you that Lord, you are a God that throws us in the fire, but is there with us. You are a God that throws us in the fire, not to destroy us, but to refine us. That's right. You are a God that throws us into trials. Oh Lord, not to destroy us, but to elevate us. God, you are calling us higher. and You are hearing our cries, our desire. We want to go up, Lord. But I pray that you open our eyes to see the vehicle in which we have to go up. And that is through the testing of our faith. God, I pray for all those that feel like we've been hitting a wall. Those in this room that have been feeling like they've been taking backward steps, like they're falling downwards. That are confused about how they got there. Lord, I pray right now and I speak words of hope over them. Father, we know that, man, they are closer than they think. Because what's going on, Lord, Father, is you're stretching them to release great promises. Father, we are so excited about what you're doing in Philly. We are so excited about the promise of Niagara Conference. We are so excited about the promises surrounding E-Tip-1 Church Plan. We are so excited about the revival that's going to hit the May, God. We are excited about what you're going to do. But Lord, I pray that times get tough, Lord. May we rejoice and never give up. Right. And we find ourselves as a church and as a believer pushing through, God, knowing that the promise is going to be fulfilled. Yes. Lord, that no matter how hard it gets, no matter what kind of persecution we face, no matter how many people disagree with what we have to say, Lord, Father God, we will rejoice
1: and we will bless God. Because we know our promises
0: are on its way, Lord. And we thank you, Father, God, that through all of this, through the tough times, God, there's something that's even deeper that's happening, Lord, and God, you are knitting our hearts to you. Father, you're teaching us what it means to trust you and you alone. You're teaching us what it means, Father God, to depend on a Father that truly loves us. You're teaching us what it means to carry that cross. You're teaching what it means, Father, to leave everything behind and to run into your arms. God, you're teaching us, you're teaching us how much you love us during these trials. God, renew our minds. Renew our minds. And Father, you know that it's not easy, God. You know it's not easy, but we thank you that you are with us. Yes. Yes. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives and works in us, Lord. And so, Father, God, we turn not to our flesh, but we turn to our spirit, God. Right. And we have strengthened us at this hour, Lord. Strengthen us at this hour that we would be that church Lord, that's found in Revelation, the church, of Lord, Father God, of of Philadelphia, Lord. You you praise that church, Father, for the endurance that they have. May we really live up to that call, Lord. May we be that new Philadelphia church, Lord, that lives up to that call. May we be that church that endures and perseveres, that pushes through, and that sees your promises, Lord, in our hands, God. Lord, we just bind up every single spirit of despair. Every single spirit of hopelessness. Father, we know the devil's been trying to use these chances, God, to attack us and to bring us down. But Lord, we cast that down right now in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father God, Lord, that you will begin to elevate our spiritual God. Oh, that we need to rise up in our understanding, Lord. And know, Father God, that you're bringing us to higher and greater levels, Lord, at this hour. And so, Father God, we just end this prayer with rejoice. Hallelujah. You are good. God, we rejoice in you, Lord. We will rejoice, God. Hallelujah. We will rejoice and we will not give up, God. Because that is the pride that you are calling us to be, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you that you're solidifying this word, God, the oh Lord, in the hearts of every single person in here, Lord. Father, may you just begin to empower by your spirit, oh, Lord, that that, that revelation, mean, the veils just begin to get torn off our eyes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we just rejoice in you, and we just heal the work that you're doing tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.